It's a privilege to be here with you once again. Don't get to uh, seem like we don't get don't get to get by uh, here as often as we would love to 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 be with you all to to worship with you here. Uh, but I want you all to know that you're always in our hearts and in our prayers <clears throat> as we pray for for this church and all the churches round about. Uh, <clears throat> we are living in troubled times. Uh, <clears throat> and it's very easy to get carried away with the things that are going on in this nation, in this world. And uh, there for a while I was <clears throat> getting a little too much involved in it and and bringing some of that stuff into the pulpit which should have never been brought in. And to the preachers that are here, uh, don't bring that stuff in. Uh, <clears throat> I know that we need to know and we feel like, I feel like uh, my congregation needed to know some of the things that are going on, but, uh, and that's true, we do need to be aware of what's going on. <clears throat> But there is a separation in our country between church and state uh, that needs to remain separated. Uh, the things that are going on, whichever side that we may agree with and whichever party that we may be supporting in our government system, uh, if you bring that into the church, you're going to cause divisions between brethren and sisters. It needs to be left out. So I have been trying, uh, and I haven't uh, fully succeeded yet uh, in, in not bringing some of that stuff in. So if it does sneak in, y'all forgive me. It's not my intention to bring in anything uh, that's going on in this nation that would uh, cause you to worry, cause you to fear, cause you to be afraid. Uh, many times throughout the scriptures, the scriptures tell us, be not afraid. Uh, many times in the scriptures, the scriptures tell us to fear not. Uh, our country wants us to uh, be in fear, because uh, if we're in fear, then they have control over us. Uh, do not be in fear. Do not be afraid. Uh, that's hard for a, a lot of us to do. <clears throat> but I truly believe that it's taught to us in that manner not to be concerned, not to be afraid, not be stressed, not to be worried over the things that are going on in this country. Uh, evil just didn't come into our nation over the last couple of years. It's always been here. Uh, evil has been in this world ever since Lucifer was cast down from heaven. Uh, and it continues to get stronger and stronger. Uh, it continues to, he continues to... Uh, roam to and fro in the earth, to seeking to whom he may devour. Uh, he's devouring our, our children, our, our loved ones, uh, not devouring them in a way that would take them away from God uh, eternally, but it's surely, he has surely taken them away from the service of God here in this time. And what he's robbing them of when he draws them away from the service of God, uh, he is robbing uh, the children of grace of their joys in this life. <coughs> You know, even what uh, uh, <clears throat> King David did in the sin that he committed uh, lost his joy. 
And you say, well, it doesn't say in the scriptures that he lost his joy. Uh, maybe not, but he, he prayed unto God, return unto me the joy of thy salvation. If he's asking for it to return, that means he lost it. So that's what we can do when we focus on things of the world. We, we turn our attention to the things that's going on in this life. Uh, we're going to lose the joy. Or it's possible that we could lose the joy that we have in Jesus Christ. So if we focus upon Jesus Christ and our eyes are single upon him in everything that we do in this life, and if we die daily, the Apostle Paul says, I die daily that I may gain Christ. If we die daily, if we uh, take up our cross daily and follow Jesus in this life, if we look unto him for everything, every need, every decision that we make, then everything else that's going on in the world or in our nation doesn't really matter. <clears throat> because the government's not in control of this nation. They are not in control of this world. We know who's in control, and that's God. He's in control of it. He made it. He created it. He put it in place exactly the way that he wanted it to be put in place. And everything that he created, he said it was good. And he created man, said it was good, it was very good. <clears throat> Adam messed up, though, didn't he? <clears throat> Do you think that surprised God when Adam messed up? I believe that before God ever spoke this world into existence, that he knew that Adam was going to mess up. He already knew it, and that, that is the reason that before the foundation of the world, God purposed a covenant. And it was the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are the entire counsel of God. There's no other that counsel with God. And he purposed a covenant before the foundation of, that world, of this world. And that, that covenant is the covenant of grace. In that covenant of grace is Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, and him crucified. Knowing that we were going to mess up, that Adam was going to mess up. And when I say Adam, that's we. We were all yet in him when he fell. And when he fell, he was sentenced to a death. That's a separation. Death is a separation from God eternally at that time. People say, well, Adam didn't die when he partook of that fruit. Yes, he did. They say, no, he didn't. He lived to be 930 years old. I say he died that day. Because the Lord said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He died that day. <clears throat> Some will tell you out in the world that <clears throat> God made a plan, that he put his plan into existence when he created the world and he created man uh, and then he took the rib out of man made woman uh, that he made all this plan and, and gave him all of these laws or he didn't give him one law gave him one commandment not to eat of that fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and he broke that one how many laws do we have now in this nation y'all don't break any of them do you I didn't think so. <clears throat> but he broke that one. And he died that day of separation. He was cast out of the Garden of Eden. Do you ever wonder and imagine how great that he had it? 
how great, how wonderful that Adam and Eve had it in the Garden of Eden. To be cast out, for Adam now to work the, the land, to work the earth, to work uh, by the sweat of his face. And all the thorns and stickers and thistles and all this come about because of that. Do you think he ever regretted what he did? Do you ever do something you you regret what you did? Sometimes I say something to a brother or sister and regret it real quick. Because sometimes stuff just slips out. <clears throat> but when it does, you can't take it back. You can repent, you can ask forgiveness, you can go to that brother or sister and ask forgiveness, but it's always there. It's always there. <clears throat> when God forgives us, it goes away. It goes away. Our sins were forgiven us when his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, paid the debt that we owed. And he paid it in full. He didn't make a down payment for you. And now you've got to live your life in a certain way. Uh, you can't sin anymore. Uh, you've got to live a righteous life. And if you do that, then you, maybe you'll get to go to heaven. Or you, you should be thankful that that's not the case. People want to say that Jesus is offering salvation to you. He, he's not offering salvation to you. He never did. He's not now. And he never will. The offering that he made uh, was himself, and he made it to God the Father. And he made it in our room and in our stead, knowing that none of us could have made an atonement to God for ourselves, much less all of God's children. It took someone that was without sin, that was righteous, that was holy, that was without blemish and without spot. And that one was Jesus, the eternal Son of God. You know, there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of preachers out there today that will say that Jesus came into existence uh, when he was born of the Virgin Mary. I want to tell you that he has always been in existence. He has always been the eternal Son of God. And he always will be. When he came here and was born of the Virgin Mary, it was, as it tells us in Timothy, he was God manifest in the flesh. And he came here for what reason? To save sinners from their sins. That's what he came here for. And he came here and he did that. He that knew no sin became sin for us that we might receive. What? The righteousness of God in him. He came here and he gave us his righteousness while taking from us all of our sins. He made us, we were as, we were dark as coal in sin. And he has made you white as snow. He has taken every sin from us, every sin that we've committed, every sin that we are committing, every sin that we will commit until we breathe out our last breath. He has taken every one of those sins, imputed them, imputed them unto himself, carried them to the cross, nailed them there, and covered them up with his blood. God has removed them from us as far as the east is from the west. Cast them into the midst of the sea. Never to be remembered anymore. 
That's the position of holiness that he has put you in. But there are a whole lot of God's children, children of grace, here in the world today that don't see that. They don't see it. They don't understand. Whether it's because God has blinded their eyes and dulled their hearing, I don't know. Or is it because that Satan has lured them away? Satan sets up these traps, these snares, these pits that we may fall in them, puts mountains in, in front of us that we don't think that we can uh, conquer, that we, they, we don't think that we can go uh, over them or around them or through them. But it tells us if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed, we can say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and it's gone. And it's gone. Those mountains that are put in our way, the troubles that we have, the afflictions that we have here in this life, everything that we have thrown at us, it weighs us down, does it not? All the troubles that are going on in our nation and in the world, it will weigh us down. What do we need? We need to be edified. We need to be built up. We need to be encouraged. And I was recently reminded of that when I was bringing in too much garbage from the government into the church. The brother said, I don't come to church to hear about that. I hear about that all week long. He said, I come to church to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about the disease. I want to hear about the cure. That's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be lifting up Jesus. We ought to be lifting up that banner of love, not just in here, out there, out there. Because there are children of God out there that are so uh, downcast, downtrodden, that they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to believe. You can't believe anything on the on media. Anywhere. None of our news channels, anything on the internet, you can't believe anything that's going on. I'm sure there's some pieces of truth thrown in there, but most of it's not true. But there is one thing that you can believe in, believe in with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and that's Jesus Christ. Believe in God, knowing that he is in control. No matter what happens here upon this earth, no matter how bad it might get uh, in the near future, God is still in control. God knows each and every one of his. He knows where they're at. He knows uh, what situation you're in in your life. He knows what troubles you're facing. He knows what afflictions that you have in your life. But yet, he careth for you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There may be times in our life where we don't feel like he's close to us. And at those times that we feel that way, we need to look at ourselves and, and, and really uh, pay attention. Did we turn away from him? Are we seeking the things of this world? Are we seeking, uh, you know, there's people that will. <clears throat> there are children of God that will move away to a place where there's no church to better themselves financially. I know members of the Perryton Church that did that. <clears throat> Myself, I couldn't see moving anywhere where there's not a church. People like to get it in their mind, I don't have to go uh, to a place like this, a church building. 
to worship God. Okay, but you do have to go to a place like this to meet in this capacity to get to encourage and to attain encouragement from others. You can't do that by yourself. <clears throat> I talk to myself, and y'all, y'all may be this may surprise y'all. I talk to myself all day long in the in the truck. And most of the time, the bad part of me wins the conversation. <clears throat> Be arguing with yourself. I want to go to this meeting over here in Oklahoma or Arkansas, Missouri, wherever. The other part of you saying, no, you don't want to go. They ain't got no use for you over there. You're just going to go over there and you're going to mess things up. Yeah, but I really want to go. No, you don't want to go. You do that? You know how you win? You go. Because you know who who is impressing you to go? The Lord is impressing you to go. But yet we talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves out of it. To do those things. We're in a spiritual battle within ourselves. We have the spirit of the Lord within us battling the little s spirit of man. Spirit, flesh. And the flesh wants to do what it wants to do. The flesh doesn't want to get up on Sunday morning and get out of bed and get dressed and go to church. It wants to stay there in bed as long as it can and then go do whatever. Go fish, go whatever. Lounge around the house, wait till the NASCAR comes on TV or a football game comes on. We are commanded by God to worship him in spirit and in truth. We are commanded by him, and our Lord left us many examples on how to serve him. And that's to serve one another. That's to be there for anyone that needs help. They need encouraged, encourage them. If they need help buying food, help. Do whatever you can to help them. And in doing that, you're serving God. If you say that I go to church every Sunday or every time the door is open, I go to church and I, and I sing praises unto God and I pray to God and I worship uh, God in spirit and in truth, but I can live the other six days of my life however I want to, to those I would say, you are a hypocrite. Because we are to serve God every day of our lives. For those that think they can do anything they want and, and maybe go and kill people, whatever the case may be, and go and confess to their uh, priest and, and say a few Hail Marys that everything's cool, I want you to know it's not cool with God. We are to confess our sins. That doesn't mean that i got to stand up here in front of you and tell you every bad thing I did this week. But it means I need to confess to God every day. He already knows. You're not telling him something that he doesn't know already. He already knows everything that you've done, whether it's good or bad. But when we do those things, we ought to be asking forgiveness for them. 
every day. And when people ask you forgiveness, we are required to forgive them. You say you won't forgive them, your father's not going to forgive you. But you know what, what's wrong with most of us, especially me? We keep wanting to look in the past. We keep wanting to look in the past. How, how easy things were 30, 40 years ago. And even 50 years ago when I didn't have to work. When I was a small child getting to play on the farm, do whatever. That was a great life till they, my parents handed me a hoe <laughs> and said, there's a field, go. And I've been working ever since. Things came, seem to be getting harder and harder as we go and get older in this life. When I was young, all I ever heard was, oh, you're going to, the, the gold, your golden years, you're going to love them, you're going to enjoy them. Most, most people don't even make it to them. And if you make it to what they call your golden years, you're full of pain and suffering. Maybe diseases, cancer, heart disease, this, that. What is golden about that? I'm looking for a golden time. And that's when the Lord calls me home. When the Lord descends from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. That's going to be a golden time for me and for every child of God. When the dead in Christ shall arise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be gathered up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. When you're young, you don't really want that to happen real quick. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. You can ask a young person college age or, age or younger, you know, you, you want to go to heaven. Yes, I want to go to heaven. You want to go right now? No, I don't want to go right now. I want to live my life. I want to tell you right now, I don't have, have no, it doesn't matter how young you are. If you were to go to heaven right now, it's a whole lot better life than you'll ever live here. Because there, you have no sin in you. You have no sin in you. Those that are there are waiting for that day. Well, they will be reunited. Soul, spirit, and body. And that body is going to be changed and fashioned like into the glorious body of Jesus Christ. We're not going to have any aches and pains. We're not going to have any diseases. We're not going to have anything to worry about. We're not going to be stressing over everything that's going on in the country. Everything's going to be great. You know why I say everything's going to be great? Because Scripture tells me we're going to be satisfied. Are you satisfied here? Sometimes we think we are. Everything's going just right, just the way we want it to go. Job's doing good. Got plenty of money in the bank. Crops are doing good. Everything's going good. Wheat price, cotton price, corn price through the roof. Oh, we're doing good. Did you know that can fall flat in about 20 minutes? I don't get into the stock market and all this stuff, but if you are, it's been crashing. I got a little 401 deal with Walmart. I look at it once in a while. I don't really put a much faith in it. 
Look at it one time. It's up here. Look at it next time. Down here. Next time down here. Next time back up here. There is so much stuff in our life that would draw our attention away from serving God. Worrying about the stocks. Worrying about our money. I know we have to have it to, to buy things that we need and live. But money is not what we live for. And if you leave and go searching for more money, you're going to lose the greatest blessing you ever had. That's different if you go and you move to better yourself. And there's, there's, and there's churches where you move. That's, that's different. We still have to see them go. <laughs> but when you have them that go off and there's no church or they, they don't want to go to church. If you have a young couple, family that move off and they don't go to church there and there's a church there, you know what that means? They were only coming to church here for their family, for their loved ones. God's going to work everything out in your life, but you've got to serve him. Does that mean if you don't serve him, he won't? I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. But when you serve God and you put him first, it not, may not work out the way we want it to work out, but it's going to work out. God's going to be with us through everything in our life. We don't always get the things we want. We pray for people that are sick, they're, they're, ter they're terminal. We pray for them, God heal them. We don't want them to die. Sometimes he doesn't heal them. Not the way we see it. Oh, he heals them if he takes them home. That's the greater healing. And sometimes he heals them for us. And allows them to remain here a few more years. So we pray for God, pray for God to heal our loved ones. But yet the better prayer would be, God heal them with thy healing. If they're sick, they're elderly, they're ready to go home, and we're praying for God to leave them here. Why? So we can feel better that our loved ones are still here? I pray the Lord take them home. Lord, take them home. I feel good right now. I'm, I'm not sick. I don't have any disease that I know of. I may have. I don't know of it yet. But I'll be all right. Lord, come and take me home right now. Right now. We need to stop looking back. We're told that man put his hand to the plow and looked back is not fit for the kingdom. We need to quit looking back at what yesterday was. Yesterday, oh, that was great. Oh, doom and gloom. That's all I see in front of me, doom and gloom. Mm -mm. It's what you make it. It's what you make it. You can see bad. And I see a lot of bad in this, in, this, in this nation. I do. And I know you do too. But if you keep eyes upon Jesus Christ, and you know in your mind and in your heart what Jesus did for you, what he's doing for you today, what he's promised to do for you in the future, 
that he's going to come back for you because you belong to him. He bought you with a price. And it wasn't silver and gold. It was his blood that he shed for you. He's coming back for you. Keep your eyes upon Jesus Christ and all this other mess out here kind of fades away. Kind of fades away. Don't look at our weakness and the weakness of mankind. Look at the strength and the glory of an almighty God. And this life, you can, you can walk through it a whole lot easier. I thank you for your kind attention. May God bless you is my prayer.